Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Aligned Living Podcast. I'm your host, Sophie Malawin, and I am so grateful that you are here. In today's solo episode, I am going to talk all about my recent trip to Las Vegas with my partner, Matt. And I'm also going to talk a bit about my romantic relationship and in particular, the pressure to get married and have kids. But before I dive in, I want to tell you all about Aligned Living Group Coaching. This is my first ever group coaching course that is designed to bridge the gap between where you are now and where you want to be. This course is for you if something in your life feels off or out of balance. Maybe you know that something needs to change, but you feel totally overwhelmed and don't know where to begin. Or maybe you know exactly what needs to change, but you just can't seem to do it. Each week, you will be joined by six like-minded individuals on Zoom for guided lecture, group discussion, and embodiment practices. You will take radical inventory of your life and get crystal clear about where you are now and where you want to be. From there, you will choose one area of your life to transform. So this could be money, career, romance, friends, family, health. And if you don't know what area to choose because you feel like they all need to change, don't worry, I've got you. You will identify and honor your current way of being in this area of your life and identify a new and more preferred way of being. You will specify what thoughts, patterns, and actions are keeping you stuck. You will learn how to create lasting habits and routines that will get you from where you are now to where you want to be. Over the course of our six weeks together, you will begin to embody your new reality. This group is limited to six participants, so everyone can get adequate attention and support. If you're interested in joining, click the show notes below to schedule a free discovery call with me to discuss your unique goals and make sure that you are a good fit for aligned living group coaching. Okay, now on to the episode. Let's begin by talking a bit about my trip to Las Vegas. I think a few of you were quite surprised to see that I was going to Las Vegas, considering that both Matt and I are sober. So why did we decide to go? Matt actually got a new job and he had some time off between gigs. And we wanted to go on a trip together because we haven't gone on an international trip since fall of 2019. We've done lots of trips around Ontario and Quebec, but we haven't actually got on a plane and gone somewhere new. We were able to find some really inexpensive direct flights from Ottawa to Las Vegas, so we just decided to do it, and I am so glad that we did. In terms of what we did while we were there, we did a lot of walking. So we actually decided to stay in downtown Las Vegas, also known as Old Vegas, which is not the Strip. Downtown Vegas is a little bit more quiet and has a lot of the original neon lighting and some of the very first casinos and hotels in Vegas. So our first full day that we were there, we walked the Strip. 
And we did so much walking. Our first day, we probably overdid it and did over 30,000 steps. So that first day, we really just spent walking the strip, going in and out of shops, hotels, and casinos. And later that night, we actually went to the Sphere. So if you haven't heard about the Sphere, it opened in October, and I'll definitely recommend that you Google it because it was truly an amazing experience. Essentially, the Sphere is the world's biggest LED screen, and we were able to see a 4D film movie experience called A Postcard from Earth. And honestly, it was remarkable. It was so wild to see how much technology has advanced and really just get to experience it. So the audio, the visual was just like totally top notch. And I was so impressed with the film work and the film itself. You know, I have I have some thoughts about that I'll share here without giving anything away. But essentially, the gist of the film is that due to climate change, planet Earth has become unlivable and people leave planet Earth to um, cultivate life on another planet. I believe in this case they were using Saturn as the example. And while I understand the message and the point that they were trying to make, I just don't know if I agree with interplanetary travel as like the solve to climate change. Um, maybe I just don't know enough about it, but for me, I'm more curious about what we can do here on planet Earth to save and preserve planet Earth without leaving. For me, I feel like I'm a being of Earth. I am of Earth and I don't really have the desire to travel to other planets necessarily. Um, as I said, I'm more curious about how we can how we can preserve Mother Earth and 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 live peacefully um, and coexist with her. So it was interesting because the film itself was so visually appealing, but I just don't feel that I totally agreed with the overall message. But the sphere itself is really an advancement of technology. So it makes sense that the films that they are offering are also kind of promoting the advancement of technology in other ways. Um, if you go to Las Vegas, you absolutely have to go because it was truly just a remarkable experience and there's nothing else like it. You know, like that is the top tier in terms of, of film and audio and visual. U2 is also playing concerts there. Um, we didn't go to see them, but I've also heard that that experience is amazing. So our first day, we walked the Strip and went to the Sphere. And then the second day, we walked around this area called the Arts District, which is more of a local area. Lots of thrift shops, breweries, pubs, coffee shops. It was certainly more chill very few people, which was a nice change of pace given that the first day was so crazy. And then later that night, we went to the Neon Light Museum, which essentially was um, 
original signage from hotels and casinos in Vegas and then learning the history behind those signs and about that time and that place. So that was really interesting. I felt like I learned a lot about the history of Vegas in particular, things like segregation and how women couldn't be blackjack dealers until I believe, I can't remember if it was 1940 or 1960, but it was neat to learn a bit of the history and just help to contextualize this place that we were visiting. And then for our last day, we actually did an e-bike tour in the Hoover Dam, which was amazing. The Hoover Dam itself, like I'm glad that we did e-bikes to the Hoover Dam because that's what made the experience for me. The Hoover Dam itself, like I know, is an amazing, amazing like engineering feat. But again, it's like not necessarily my cup of tea. Um, But the e-bikes were truly great. And it was amazing to get out into the desert and really experience that. And both Matt and I agree that if we were ever to go back to the area, it would be to spend more time in the desert and we would likely go just via, you know, through Arizona or California. We're both so glad that we got to see Vegas and I don't think that we would necessarily go back. Um, As mentioned, both Matt and I are sober, so so much of Vegas is tailored around drinking and partying. Um... I just don't know that I would need to go back because I wouldn't be participating in that. But if that's your cup of tea and you want to go to see an amazing show and like dance and party, then that's definitely the place that you want to go. What was really interesting for me was that we were able to travel Vegas in a way that aligns with our personal values and beliefs. So, you know, our Physical health and mental health is something that is really important to both Matt and I. And the truth is that there's no time off from that. You don't get to take time off from caring for your physical and mental health. Um, Not when it's a, a real priority for you in your life. And, you know, both Matt and I have a very sustainable approach to our physical health. You know, for example, like if I'm craving chocolate or chips, like, I'll just eat it. I don't deprive myself of anything. I really do take an an intuitive eating approach to my diet, which I plan to do a full podcast episode about that and my history with disordered eating. So it's not so much that like my, I mean, my food intake did change just based on the fact that we were eating out. But as it pertains to our physical health, we were walking every day. Matt did work out while we were there. I decided to rest and lay in bed. Um, But we continue to take good care of ourselves, like eating three square meals a day to keep our energy up and regulate our blood sugar is super important to us. And usually when we're traveling here in Canada, you know, we'll bring our own food and Uh, make our own breakfasts and lunch and then maybe go out for dinner. Unfortunately, in Vegas, there weren't really a lot of grocery stores around, which I'm sure is by design. And we also didn't have a fridge in our hotel. So we weren't able to make a lot of our own foods. And honestly, that just made me feel so grateful by the time that I got home to make our own meals again and just eat really healthy and clean food. But I also got to enjoy some of the more Um, indulgent aspects of traveling like we had amazing pizza and fried chicken and 
oh my gosh, some of the best Thai food of my entire life. Like it really, it really was great. And I'm so glad that Matt and I took that time and really prioritized our own relationship because more than anything, that trip was about Matt and I and and getting quality time. And the fact that we got to go and see a part of the world that we've never been to was just the cherry on top. But we both left that trip feeling so much more connected, so much more grateful for the life that we have here in Canada and really happy to be back home and back to work. And I was talking with a friend over the weekend and she said, she's like, yeah, that's how you know you have a really blessed life is when you are excited to come back home and when your home life is almost better than what you get to experience on vacation. And like, I'm so proud of myself because I don't need a vacation from my life anymore. Like I don't work a job that makes me unhappy and I don't need to get away. I can get away. I choose to get away, but not because I'm escaping anything, but because I actually want to dive deeper into what I already have, which is a beautiful relationship with my partner, Matt. And I think this is just one of the many reasons why having a partner who has the same values and beliefs as you is so important. Matt and I disagree on plenty of things. We have some very differing opinions, but fundamentally the things that we value are the same. So that's what keeps us connected even when he thinks A and I think B. Despite what we may think, our beliefs and our foundational values are the same. So that's part of the reason why I love traveling with him so much because we value our time in the same way. We value food, we value exercise, we value sleep, we value connection, we value fun, we value joy in the same kinds of way. And that's why traveling with him is just so easeful Truthfully, I don't think that I'll need to go back to Vegas given that I've already done that and I don't really drink and party, but I don't know that I would have gone to Vegas with anyone but him for that reason. Because the truth is, Vegas is the city of sin and there is temptation around every single corner. And if I was with some girlfriends for a bachelorette or something like that, I think I would have felt the temptation to drink. And like, I don't even identify as being an alcoholic or an addict, but it's just so in your face that I could see how that temptation could get so big that you would just give into it because quite literally everybody else is doing it. And so to be with Matt and have him there just made the whole thing feel so much more secure and so much more safe. And we really got to travel in a way that was aligned with our values and beliefs. And yeah, I'm just at a point in my life where I'm not willing to compromise on those things, no matter where in the world I am or who I'm with. And sometimes that just means not doing or not going to certain places. But I'm lucky enough to have a partner who does have the same values and beliefs and those don't change whether we're in Kingston or in Las Vegas. On the topic of Matt and I, I thought it would be 
interesting and important to talk a little bit about the pressure to get married and have kids. So Matt and I have been together for seven years. We'll be together for seven years on January 1st. New Year's Eve, seven years ago, he asked me to be his girlfriend. So we have been together for seven years and we have been living together for five. So I think it's kind of normal for people who have close proximity to us to be curious about like when we're going to get married or when we're going to have kids. You know, like our parents or close friends, close family members. But I've had the experience lately of people who aren't that close to Matt and I, you know, people who are relatively strangers asking me when I am going to get married and have kids. And this has been quite challenging for me for a number of reasons. I think first and foremost, I feel like people are projecting their values and beliefs and also just their opinions about relationships and marriage onto me and Matt. And this is specific to the older generation. I think that it can be quite triggering for older folks to see people who are unmarried and don't have kids because in some circumstances, perhaps they didn't feel like they had a choice. You know, back in the day, most people didn't live together unless they were married. And many people didn't have sex unless they were married. So that means that if they didn't have sex before they were married, and maybe there's a religious component to that, which is totally fine if you want to honor that, um, it just means that it's it might be more likely that kids come sooner for you, regardless if you really want or are ready for that. I think that things are changing and there is less pressure now to get married and have kids, but it still exists. And, you know, I had the experience a few weeks ago of someone asking me when Matt and I were going to get married and they expressed that, you know, seven years is too long to be together and not be married. And I honestly found it quite upsetting. I am sensitive to other people's thoughts and feedback. I'll own that. It's something that I'm working on. But what it triggered in me was this feeling of being unworthy. It made me feel like I, for some reason, am wrong for not being married. And perhaps if I was married, I would be more valuable in the eyes of this person. I would, my relationship would have more merit. I would be seen as more respected whatever. It really triggered this deep-seated feeling of unworthiness in me, which is something that I'm really uncovering through the work of therapy, has been around for a long time. So while people's comments are well-meaning and on the surface, I think people just see Matt and I and they think that we're a lovely couple and they believe that we should be married, which is their view and their belief. But when they then share that with me without being invited to, it can be triggering. And it's like, also people don't know. I think that's something that's really important to highlight. Like people only see what you show them, whether that's what you show them personally or what you show them about your relationships. And, you know, I know plenty of people who are married and are unhappy 
I know plenty of people who are single and unhappy. I know plenty of people who are in relationships and are unhappy. I also know plenty of people who are married and happy and single and happy and in relationships and happy. But just because someone is married doesn't mean that their relationship is any better or any valid than those who are not. And, you know, the truth is that neither Matt or I are religious. I did grow up in the Catholic Church. I was baptized. I've received all of my commandments except for marriage. Um, But that's not a religion that I am currently practicing. Both Matt and I are spiritual people, and we both view marriage as a spiritual commitment to one another, more so than we view it as a legal commitment. I have so much that I could say, and I really just want to be mindful and not offend anyone, but I think that marriage is a legal commitment by design, and it's designed that way to keep people, often women, oppressed and suppressed. And, you know, back in the day, you used to not be able to get divorced. Like a woman could not leave a man. And it's like, that's by design. And I don't know how people don't see that. Right. And now I think there's a time and a place for a legal marriage. I think that it certainly makes sense in terms of protecting your future and the allocation of resources and making sure that You're well protected if something were to happen. It's like getting insurance on your car, right? Like you never intend to get into a car accident, but it's there just in case. And so I think the legal aspect of marriage in that way is important and it's not to be dismissed. But for me personally, marriage is a spiritual commitment. It's a commitment to caring for the other person's spirit for as long as and as best as you can. And I think that that's something, quite honestly, that most modern marriages are missing. Because caring for someone's spirit does not mean them doing what you think they should do. Caring for someone's spirit means allowing them to be free and to be in the fullest expression of themselves And loving and accepting themselves for that. And I think that so many couples, one, get married without putting serious thought and time into thinking about what marriage means. And two, getting curious about whether each other's understandings of marriage are aligned. And for me, the most important part of getting married, which is something that I would like to do one day, The most important part of getting married is the vows and the commitment that you make. But some people leave that out of their weddings. And like, again, that's fine. What marriage means to me doesn't mean need to mean to you. Um, But for me, that's the most important piece. It is the commitment that you make to yourself and to one another and to the relationship. There's this beautiful analogy that when you're in a relationship with someone, there's actually three aspects of the relationship. There's you, you, the other person, 
And then the two of you come together to create the third thing, which is the relationship. So your vows need to consider not only yourself, not only the other person, but this entity that the two of you come together and create, which is the relationship. So for me personally, I think that Matt and I got together when we were pretty young. We started dating when we were, I was 24. And quite frankly, I was still working through, and I still am, uh, working through a lot of tough stuff. But when I was 24, I was still acting from an extremely wounded place. I was not making great decisions about my life, about myself. I would, therefore, I was not making great decisions about my partner and our relationship. And there was a lot of growing pains. And I don't think that people talk about that enough. Like, to me, when I think of myself 24 years old, I'm like, that's a kid. That, that's a child, you know? Like, that's a baby. The fact that Matt and I are together still here 31 years old is nothing short of a miracle and is a testament to the, not only the love that we have for each other, but the work that we've both had to put in, right? Like, I have had to do an exceptional amount of of healing work on myself to allow myself to receive the love that he so freely always gave me. But if I'm being completely honest, like I had a stable relationship in high school, but after that, I didn't really have any stable relationships up until Matt. So in my relationship with Matt, especially early on, I was reprogramming a lot of that. And coming back to this worthiness piece, which you'll see is a big theme for me, it's like, I I had brought myself to believe that I was unworthy of the kind of love that Matt was willing to give me. So when I did finally receive it, it was challenging and I pushed it away. And in some ways, I still do. And to circle back to the marriage thing, I just think that it's completely inappropriate for people who don't have any proximity to you to comment on whether or not you should get married or have kids. It's just like, quite frankly, you don't know anything about my romantic relationship except for what we choose to show you. And what we choose to show you is a very limited, very filtered version of the truth. And I remember being a kid and and feeling so frustrated when, you know, perhaps my mom and I were arguing and then someone would come to the door and she would just like shift her tone or her energy immediately. And I just felt like, oh, that's so inauthentic. And you were just yelling at me, like why sh- you should be grumpy to let the other person know that you're grumpy. But it's just like, it's not actually appropriate to drag your shit with you everywhere that you go and pull everybody else down into it. And so... I hope that I'm not painting a picture that my relationship with Matt is terrible because it's certainly not that. But it's just to say that we've both had to put a lot of work in. I'm really proud of that work. And that's the stuff that people on the outside don't see. And so then for people to come in and comment about where you should be in your relationship, it's like you're just making judgments without any kind of information. And then like with the whole kid thing, it's just like, I mean, oh my gosh, I could really rant on this, but it's like some people don't want kids and that doesn't make them like evil human beings. 
I think that a lot of people actually have kids that don't want kids. And then they end up being really shitty parents. And then they end up harming their children. And then because their children are harmed and hurt, they go on to harm and hurt other people. And then it's like, no wonder the state of the world is what it is, right? Like being a parent is one of the biggest commitments that you will ever make in your life. And it is a massive responsibility. And I don't think that people take it seriously enough. I don't think that people take marriage seriously enough. And I don't think that people take having kids seriously enough. And if people did, I think that we would see less divorce. And we would also see children who are well-loved and thriving rather than just like fucked up. Sorry to be blunt, but it's just like there is so much struggle and sadness in the world. And I want to be mindful of not actively contributing to that. I think that there are things that happen that are out of our control. Let's say I had kids. I did my absolute best to show up and being an amazing mom. Things can still happen and fuck them up. Like, But I, I don't want to actively contribute to harming other people, whether that's my romantic partner or my future children. And that's why right now I'm just so focused on doing my own work, doing my own inner healing before bringing, well, before committing to a lifelong commitment with someone else. And then also before bringing another child into the world. And yeah, I just think that people project their beliefs onto you. And if I can leave you with anything from this episode is that just because someone else believes something to be true or right for you doesn't mean that you also need to co-sign on that belief. I am so tired of twisting and turning myself upside down, inside out to make sure that everybody likes me and that everybody agrees and that everybody thinks that I'm doing a good job. It's just not possible and it will only bring you further away from your own truth and what you are here to do. So that's my rant on the pressure to get married and have kids. Ultimately, do you. But also, put some thought into it. Like these are the biggest decisions that you will make in your life. And I think that those decisions need to come from a place of deep knowing within you and not pressure from family, friends, or strangers. So I'll leave you with that. Thank you so much for listening. It's been lovely to hop on the mic and do a bit of a solo episode. If you are interested in Aligned Living Group Coaching, we are starting on January 14th, I believe, the second Sunday of January will run for six weeks. It will be an amazing way to kickstart your new year and really set you up to maintain sustainable habits and routines and to truly build the life of your dreams. Thank you again for listening and we'll be back soon.